<laughs> well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. How you guys doing? Fantastic. My name is Chris, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here. And uh, our mission here is to lead people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we hope that today, uh, the one person that impresses you is Jesus, because he's the person who can change your life. If you're a first-time guest with us today, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Also, a huge shout-out to our volunteers. If you're a volunteer, everybody say, hey! All right, you guys are VIP. You are very important people. We could not do what we do without our VIPs. So uh, thank you very, very much. So Or VEPs. So anybody else a VEP fan? All right. All right um, and I uh, also want to say a huge shout-out to those in the overflow or those watching online. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, we're so thankful that you chose to hang out with us on week four of our four-part series entitled Friending. Uh, we hope this has been a really good series that you've enjoyed. Uh, we've talked about a lot of different things when it comes to friendships. And today is going to be no different. Today we're talking about something called unfriending. Unfriending. Now, quick poll. How many of y'all have ever unfriended anyone on Facebook? Let me see your hands. All right, very good. All right. <coughs> we're, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So now I'll tell you a little bit about me. Um, I, uh, ever, anybody that ever friend requests me, I'll always accept them. I don't even know if I know them half the times, but, uh, it's one of those things that I, I want to be able to influence people. I want to talk about Jesus on, on social media. So I will always accept them. Most people I don't know. Some people, if you go to one church, I probably know you if we're on social media. Here's one of the things that I used to do is there was an app entitled, uh, entitled unfriend. And what had happened is if somebody unfriended you, you would get a notification, right? Anybody else heard or seen one of these apps, anyone? I had, these, I had this app because many times as a pastor, uh, I, a lot of times I will, you know, somebody will have an issue with me and they won't come to me. And I get that. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 18, 15, if you have a problem with your brother or sister, go to them one-on-one. But a lot of times, they don't like coming to a pastor. And I really try to live my life around a verse in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 16. Excuse me, 18, it says this. If it's impossible, far as it depends upon you, live at peace with all people, with everyone. So um, a lot of times, if, if somebody's unfriended me, I'm like, well, maybe I've offended them. Maybe I need to go ask forgiveness and kind of do that. So I kind of used it kind of as a, as a barometer, if you would, until my staff, the staff at one church, they approached me and they said, listen, Chris, this is kind of unhealthy. Uh, this is kind of sadistic, and they forced me to delete it off of my iPad, my iPad, my iPhone, my iPad, my iPod. So um, I deleted it off of all of those things. And, uh, and now I just, you know what, I, I try not to focus on that. But I think one of the things that we're going to be talking about today as we're talking about unfriend is not so much about just cutting people out of your life. And we're going to be talking about this, that there's a tension here. In fact, the past three weeks have been kind of easy talks, but today, there's just a tension that I'm struggling with. And I just kind of want to let you hear that up front. Um, all the other talks, I mean, they were kind of, they just almost kind of wrote themselves. But this one, there's this real tension that anytime we go to one extreme or the other extreme, we're going to be wrong. So as we kind of work through today's message, just know that just we need to live within this tension. And, and even though I love Facebook, the whole idea of unfriending and distancing yourself, um, <clears throat> we're going to see uh, how uh, uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, how he chose to never unfriend sinners. 
Uh, but the people he unfriended were the hypocrites and the, many times religious folk. So that's what we're going to be kind of working through this. So, so rather than just saying unfriend people in our pursuit of pleasing God, I, what I want to talk about today is redefining the relationship. Say that with me. Redefining the relationship. One more time redefining the relationship. Here's what I know about you and about me. If you really want to be a committed follower of Jesus Christ, it's imperative at different seasons of our life that we're going to have to redefine some relationships. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Why? Because if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That's our big idea of this entire series. If you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And let me tell you, the people around you will dictate your future and your destiny. In fact, the wisest person who ever lived, Proverbs 13, 20, Solomon says this. He says, if you walk with the what? Wise, you will become what? Wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. In other words, you hang out with people who are wise, they're going to help you become wiser. If you hang out with a bunch of idiots, they're going to help you become a bigger idiot. Okay? And in fact, how many of y'all, you can know this, that some of the biggest, dumbest mistakes in your life are mistakes that you've made with other people, right? People that you called friends at the time, hey, you know, let's go uh, uh, urban surfing, uh, Luther kind of brought this on me, it's where you get on top of a hood of a car and somebody drives you around, uh, and, and that's, that's idiotic, right? I mean, in fact, you can't do that with just one person, right? Unless you have a split personality. You just can't. There's got to be one idiot driving and even a bigger idiot on the hood of the car, Correct? Yes, all right? So, that's what we're going to be talking about. In fact, Proverbs 12, 26, Solomon writes this. The righteous choose their friends what? Carefully. You see, you and I, you've got to realize, you're going to meet people by chance, but we deepen our friendships by choice and by making choices. And for some of you, you may re- meet that random person by chance, either at a gym or at a movie theater or you know your English lit class, whatever that looks like. But you got to be careful of who you allow in your inner circle. you got to make some wise choices. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but it goes on to say, but the way of the wicked leads them what? Astray. Why? Because you show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Here's our big idea today that we're looking at. It's simply this. It is impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It's impossible to live the right life if you have the wrong friends. It's an absolute impossibility over the course of your life. If you're wanting to live a God-honoring life, and if all of your close friends are people who are not wanting to live that God-honoring life, you won't either. Why? Because you show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Do not be misled, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good, what? Character. Do not be misled. Why do you think he said, don't be misled? Well, let me tell you the reason why. I I studied the Greek here, and it means that most people are going to be misled. (laughs) It's kind of like denial. Anybody ever heard that river in Egypt named Denial? Right? All of us, we live in denial. In fact, some of you, as I teach today's message, you're going to go, man, I'm going to apply this to my teenager. I'm going to apply this to my kid who's in elementary school or in middle school. But parents, we need to apply this to ourselves. 
You see, maybe the reason why your teenager chooses jacked up friends is because they got a jacked up parent who chooses jacked up friends. Welcome to one church. Right? So, I promise you, I promise you, as we work through this, don't rationalize this message away because it, you don't think it's going to apply to you. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Why? Because you show me your friends, and I'll show you your what? Exactly right. You cannot live the right life with the wrong friends. It appears pretty black and white, doesn't it? In fact, I could just probably end here, say a praise, say amen, and must be done. But there is a tension that we cannot eliminate in this message because the Bible says, yes, bad company corrupts good character. <clears throat> so we need to stay away from people who are tempting us, people tempting us to do bad things. Yet Jesus, our Savior and our example, he was a friend of sinners. So do we stay away from them, or do we try to engage them to try to reach people? Well, here's what the Bible says. I'm going to go through these verses quickly. Do not be yoked together with what? Unbelievers. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. In fact, some of you, if you're, like, if you're a Christian in here and you're like, I think I want to date somebody, if they don't know Jesus Christ, this is a verse for you. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. The whole idea of flirt to convert never works. What's going to be converted is you're going to be falling away from Jesus Christ. That's pretty clear, right? Pretty clear. Do not be joined together with unbelievers. And yet, we're also told in Matthew 5, 14, that you are the light of the world. Let your light shine in the darkness. Okay? So which one is it? Well, here's another one. Scripture says, Do not befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. How many of y'all know some hot-tempered people? Let me see your hands. Don't be pointing your fingers. Just hands, right? Now, so, okay, so stay away from them, but look at, the, look at this verse. In Mark 6.15, it says this, 16.15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So it kind of raises this question. Should we avoid these people that are going to tempt us to get away from God, or should we be a light that reaches these people for God? Here's the answer. You ready? Yes. It's both. It's a both and. That's the tension that you and I have to embrace. That all the time, we have to be careful not to let the wrong influences take us away from God's calling. And at the same time, we have to be careful not to let our hearts grow cold because God wants us to show his love to a world that does not know him. And there's tension in this. So how do we resolve the tension? Well, i got to think... We just have to acknowledge that this tension's never going to go away. But let me just say it this way. There's a principle at the bedrock of this. And it's simply this. That if you are a committed Jesus follower, then the people that make up your core, your five or six like core friends, your, BFs, your BFFs, if you will, right? That they need to be committed core Christians as well. Because if they're not, your love will go cold. It just will. Because where you're going to get your strength and encouragement is going to be from those core people. That's where people who love you and correct you and hold you accountable. And when you have at the core these very committed friendships of, of these people who love Jesus, then your spiritual roots will grow deeper and your reach and your influence will go broader. 
you're going to become more solid. When your roots are deeper into those good, godly friends, then your reach is going to go broader, and you can be able to reach people who are on the fringes because you've surrounded yourself with the right people. But when your inner circle, when your core is made up of the wrong people, it is impossible to live the right type of life with the wrong people. If you do that, if all your core people are people who are hanging out and getting drunk and partying this, let me tell you, you're going to get your spiritual butt kicked by the enemy. You will. Because you don't have enough strength to be who God has called you to be. You've got to have at your core of your friendships, you've got to have some people who are lifting you up, not dragging you down. Jesus is the perfect example of this. Think about this. Jesus loved everyone equally, but he did not treat everyone equally. He just didn't. Did you notice that? He loved everyone, for God so loved the... There you go. He loved everyone, but he didn't treat everyone equally. He only recruited 12 disciples. He didn't didn't recruit 15, 20, 65. He had 12. And out of that 12, he had really this inner three, Peter, James, and John, that he hung out with, who were his best friends. That That was his core, right? He loved them all equally. But he didn't treat them all equally. There were times when everybody just wanted a piece of Jesus. I mean, you think about it. Jesus could feed you. He could heal you. If you got a migraine in the name of Jesus, the migraine is gone. Hey, I'm hungry. Or here is a Big Mac fries and a Coke. Would you like to supersize that, right? It just Jesus just did that. Everybody's wanting a piece of Jesus. But Jesus, at times, he said, you know what? You may want to be healed, but no. You may want food, but no, I need to pull away and I need to spend time with my Heavenly Father. He had to redefine some relationships. He loved them. He loved everyone equally, but he didn't treat everybody equally. And because he withdrew for 40 days to spend time with his Heavenly Father uh, so that his roots could grow deeper, his ministry, his reach, man, it just broadened. He loved the Pharisees because he was God in the flesh. But because he was God in the flesh, he knew he couldn't trust the Pharisees. So he loved them, he kept them at arm's length. He loved everyone equally, but he did not treat everyone equally. Why? Because you show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And some of you, at this point in the message, you're saying, okay, I got it, Chris, okay. So you're saying if my friends are knocking off banks, if my friends are like involved in organized crime, if my friends are like cooking meth in their kitchen and selling it to fifth graders, I probably need to get a new set of friends, right? And the answer is yes. Now, because we're one church, I know some of you, that actually applies to you. Right? And and I'm glad that you're here today. I really am. And that you're not home cooking math. We're all grateful. Right? But for most of us, that's probably not our reality. Right? And we're... (laughs) Anyway, um, that's probably not our reality. But I know this, that all of us, we need some friendships that need redefining. It could be that there are those people here that you're just, you just hang out with people who are incredibly negative and they criticize everything. Well, guess what? If you continue to hang out with them, guess what you're going to be like? Incredibly what? Negative and always criticizing everything, right? You're never ever going to become what God wants you to be. 
If that's the only people that you're hanging out with. It could be there are some of you that, uh, that you have friends that are tempting you to do wrong, to not honor God with your relationships or maybe your finances. You have to redefine that relationship. It could be that there's some here who are introducing values that are opposed to God's values, and you've got to redefine that relationship. Some of you, you hang out with people who gossip and gossip and gossip. If you hang out with them, guess what you're going to start doing? Gossiping. And when you're not hanging out with them, guess what they're going to be doing? Gossiping about you. That's true. So you need to redefine the relationship. So to summarize where we're going to be going over the next 10 minutes, uh, I I just want to live within this tension because we can't just cut people all the way out of our life because Jesus never did that. But Jesus, even though he loved people equally, he did not treat, uh, he didn't treat everybody the same. So two things we're not going to let our friends to do, and we're going to end with one thing we have to always do. So two things I won't let my friends do. The first one is this. I will never, everybody say never, Never let my friends distract me from God's plan. And that's exactly what Jesus did with one of his best friends, Peter, who was in his inner circle of three. When Peter, even though he had good intentions, thought he was doing the right thing, he tried to talk Jesus out of God's plan for Jesus' life. This is what it says in Matthew 16, 21. It says this, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must, what, go to Jerusalem and what? Suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And that he must be, what? Killed. And on the third day after he's killed, guess what's going to happen? He is going to rise again, be raised to life. Jesus explains to his friends, guys, okay, huddle up, huddle up. Here's what's going to happen. I'm getting ready to die. And I'm going to die so that I can be raised back to life. I mean, getting raised back to life, that is good news, right? Everybody say good news. The problem is, with good news, is you got to die before you can be raised back to life, right? That is bad news, right? It is, right? So he's telling these bad news to his friends, the people he's, he's hung out with the past three and a half years. And the idea of Jesus dying, that didn't go over so well for his friends. In fact, listen to what Peter says. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. TV timeout. If you ever pull in Jesus, the Son of God, rebuking him, that's never going to go well for you, ever. All right? And let me say this. If you're a man, and if you ever rebuke your wife, guess what? That will never go well for you. Anybody, anybody want to agree with that? Preach it, brother. Preach it, Jesus. All right, keep on going. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and said, Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. I mean, Jesus just explained, hey, this is going to happen. And they, they believed that Jesus was the Son of God. They believed that he was the Messiah. The Hebrew word is the Mashiach. And they believed that he was their king. Great. But the problem is, if you're the Jewish king, you don't die. You don't suffer. You can't rule somebody when you're dead. And they just couldn't wrap their whole mind around the whole idea of the suffering servant. So what did Jesus say in response to Peter's well-intentioned possible distraction? Well, it says this in verse 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me. What? Satan. Now, If you ever need to make a point to a friend, just call him Satan. 
Okay? Or, guys, lean into me for a sec. If you're ever want to, like, tempted to when your mother-in-law is around, to say, get behind me, Satan, don't do it. Don't do it. Here's the reason why. She may get behind you, but it's going to be because she has a butcher's knife. And she's going to plunge it. All right? So don't do that. All right? But I mean, what, what Jesus is saying is simply this. Peter, I know you have good intentions. But right now, you're coming up against God's plan. And if you're coming up against God's plan, there's only two teams. Right? It, 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 there's God's team and there's Satan's team. Right? That's just how it is. And if you're, if you're not playing for God's team, then who else are you playing for? Satan. And that's what Peter... It's kind of, it's kind of like college football. There, there's Auburn, and then there's everybody else. Right? Just saying. And if you're an LSU fan here today... All right. Keep on going. So he says, get behind me, Satan. And he goes on and says this, you are a stumbling block. Everybody say stumbling block stumbling block to me. This is one of his good friends. Peter is one of Jesus' good friends, but he's redefining the relationship. He's saying, you're trying to trip me up from doing what God has in line for me. He says this, you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. He says, I am not going to allow Peter to distract me from God's plan. Now again, I know, I don't know how this may come back and play in your life, but for some of you, that's what you need to do. You need to redefine the relationship, and you need to stop having your friends distracting you from God's plan. Let me tell you, for some of you, it's like this. Uh, you're hanging out on Saturday night, and they're like, hey, let's hang out a little bit longer. Let's hang. And you're like, man, I was going to go to church tomorrow. And you're like, no, nah, I, I don't want to, you know, why do you have to go to church, you know, you know, you can go once a month and still be okay, right? And, or maybe it's like this, on Sunday morning, hey, your friend calls you, hey, let's go out to the lake. And you never show up. And here's, here's what I know about It's kind of like a fire. We're getting get ready to get in the fall. We ain't got fall weather yet, yeah? But when we get there, I, everybody usually, you know, makes like the bonfires outside, right? And you, and you, and you take that fire that is just blazing, and you remove a log that's blazing from that fire and you take it away from the fire, what's going to happen to the fire on that log? It's going to go out. And for some of you, your passion for Jesus Christ is smoldering, smoldering because you're allowing your friends to pull you away, to pull you away. And some of you, you're just ornery. And you're saying, well, I don't need to be a Christ follower. To, I don't need to go to church to be a Christ follower. And you know what? I would say you're right. You don't. But if you want to be a growing Christ follower, you have to go to church. Oh, somebody needs to clap for that one. See, the people aren't clapping right now. The people on the lake. Merry Christmas. All right, move on. All right. See, for some... <laughs> I'm having a really good time today. That's what you need to know, all right? So we need to redefine our friendship. There may be some, you're, you're, you're hanging out with decent people, but all they're f- focused on is their image. And they have their coach bags and their coach shirts and their coach shoes and their coach, you know, whatever coach makes, right? Their coach sunglasses, and you're like, oh, my gosh, right? And, uh, and, and, and <laughs> they live on the coach part of town, you know, or whatever that is. And, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with having all that stuff. 
But if, if you're like, man, I don't want to be as materialistic and I want to, I want to have more of my you know, income to be able to help the poor or maybe to help ministries out. Again, nothing wrong with all that coach stuff, but does having coach bags, but does the coach bag have you? Or does the money you put in the coach bag, you, can't, you can only put 50 cents in the offering plate because you spent $300 on a coach bag. Oh, I'm going to preach this morning. All right? Anyway, let's move on. Some of you... <laughs> We're going to have to go with the first service on this one. I'm going to be honest with you on the podcast. All right. For some of you, I mean, you're just, man, you're struggling because all the people, again, they, you, they just gossip and you hang out with them. And you will become God. If you're hanging out with the guys, right? And they're like, you know, you're hanging out with the guys and they had that, you know, the PYT walk down the street. By the way, that's 80s Michael Jackson, pretty young thing, right? And you're like, and you're like, whoo, yeah, did you see? And if that's how, if you treat Pete, if you treat women like a pound of flesh, you, you don't need to hang out with those guys. You don't. You say, you know what? My hot chick is at home waiting for me to go home. And I am going to honor her. And you know what? I'm not just going to Google everybody else. I mean, that's what we have to do. Because make no mistake, you cannot live the right type of life with the wrong friends. And somebody uh, texted me in this question earlier today. is simply this. What about if you have family members that are all jacked up? Well, you need to redefine those relationships. You do. Some of you, you've got people in your life who are some of the most, if they weren't related to you, you would tell your own kids, you don't need to hang out with that, right? But some of them, they're your own children. They're your own kids. You've got to redefine that relationship. You've got to. Well, it's getting quiet in here now, all right? So let me tell you, as we move forward, move forward in this message, you can't, don't allow people to talk you out of God's plan for your life. And number two, it's simply this. I will not let my friends continually tempt me to sin. Not going to let them tempt me to sin. If you've got somebody in your life who's always telling you that you need to take that second look. Ladies, if you've got people in your life that's always tearing down men and hating on men, and, it's, and it kinda, you just kind of want to jump in and you start want to tear down your man, don't do it. Don't, don't hang out with people who continually tempt you to sin. Let me tell you. Jesus, and I love this as we close, I'm just going to simply say this. Jesus never, ever unfriended sinners. And that leads us to the one thing that we will, we will never, ever, ever stop doing. It's simply this. I will never, ever stop loving people with the unconditional love of Jesus. You see, there's this tension that you will become like the people that you hang out with. For some of you, if you're only hanging out with bar flies, you're going to become an alcoholic. Now, let me tell you, for me, one of the things that I love doing is I love going to the tap room uh, on Friday and Saturday nights at the Black Horse. And I, I don't drink, and not because I have a theological thing against it. I think it tastes awful, okay? I don't. I have other vices that it's probably, probably never going to be one of them. But one of the things I like doing, I, just, I like building relationships with people who are many times don't go to don't go to church, this and that. And I, many times when I go up there, I usually take two or three friends with me. 
Because I want to be able to help influence other people, but those two or three friends around in my life, they've got to hold me accountable. They've got to love on me enough. They've got to, they've got to love me enough to sometimes say, you know what, should you do this? And should you, I mean, you've got to have people like that in your life. But really, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, can, we have to love everyone because Jesus loved everyone. You see, the worst thing that you can do with today's message is, is, and the worst thing I can do to lead this church is to lead us all into being holier than thou, better than others. Let's go shine your halo, and I'm not going to hang out with you because I'm going to catch your sin. That is wrong. And that's what many times what churches do, and we don't need another church like that. Anybody agree with that? You see, here's the thing. One of our things that we say here at One Church is everybody's welcome because nobody is perfect. And I am not perfect, and you are not perfect. I still struggle with stuff. And Jesus never, ever unfriended sinners. He never did. The people he unfriended were hypocrites and holier-than-thou religious people. And that's the people that he had to redefine the relationship. So it's time for the church to stop judging people that aren't Christians for not acting like Christians. Right? They never signed up for that. We can do that. Thank you. They didn't sign up for it. They didn't sign up for our standards. So let's stop judging them. In fact, what God's Word says, if you really want to get down to it, in in the, in the book of Corinthians, it says we need to stop judging outsiders and judge who? Insiders, the church, exactly right. So, here's the thing. I would encourage you, how do you deal with this message? That you redefine the relationship. You read, you, some of you need to redefine some friendships because you are just one step away from stupidity because you're hanging out with stupid. You are. Well, well that don't sound very Christian. Well, walk with the wise and become wise. But a companion of fools, they're going to suffer. And some of you, you're, you're hanging out with people who literally, all over them emotionally, they have those hand grenades all over them. You ever seen the, like, some of the, like, the action movies, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger? And, and they have the, he, he has the vest on with all the, uh, the, the help me, grenades. grenades. That was painful for me. Um, and, and, and it's like this. I mean, if you start pulling all of those pins, eventually... There's going to be some explosions and some shrapnel. And if you're hanging out with Arnold, you're going to get hurt. Some of you, you're hanging out with people. And there's shrapnel flying everywhere. And you're like, well, I just want to love them in Jesus' name. You can love them from afar. Right? You can love them from two miles away and say, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. And if you need to talk, I'm here. But I'm, I'm no longer going to enable you. Oh, we're going to get to it this morning, right? I'm no longer going to allow for you to, for you to just be codependent, and we're going to be codependent together. No, that is sickness. That is sickness. And y'all got me preaching. All right, that is it. That's done. I've got to get out of here, right? If not, I'm going to say something that I'm going to probably, you're going to probably regret. I won't regret it. Um, so here's what, let me tell you what we're going to do next week, all right? Uh, Next week, we are starting a new series entitled Right in the Eye, and it's on the book of Judges. One of the things, it's going to be fun, and I would just encourage you, uh, before next week, start reading the book of Judges, and let's kind of, of, some of you are like, I didn't know there was a Judges book. Well, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, 
Judges. It's the eighth book in the Old Testament, and it's a, it's a, it's a really kind of an exercise in futility. I would encourage you to, to read that book because over the next four, actually the next five weeks, we're going to be going through the book of Judges, and then when Carlo and Grace Life, when they come and hang out with us the last week of October, we're going to start a new series uh, going through the book of Psalms, and we're going to have a great time with that. Guys, let's stand up, and I want to say, guys, thank you for hanging out with us. Um, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. And remember, you will become like the type of people that you hang out with. Y'all have a good day. Thank you.